This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account with convenient locations throughout our city of brotherly love. Also online at pfcu.com with free online and mobile banking. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. An Odyssey station. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios. Where relationships matter. This is Talk Radio 1210. WPHT. It's good news in real estate. If you're a homeowner, if you're selling a home, or perhaps purchasing a home or vacation property, welcome to our home. It's good news in real estate. Presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Your hosts for the next radio hour. The mortgage mom, Deanne Kitsaris, along with real estate veteran and owner-operator of the Philadelphia Real Estate Classes. Mark. Cumberland. Your real estate education starts right now. It's good news in real estate. Presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. All right. Good afternoon. Get ready to laugh and learn here on Good News in Real Estate on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm Mark Cumberland along with my co-host, the mortgage mom, Deanne Katsaris. How are you, Deanne? I am fabulous, Mark. So am I. I am good shape. My foot's back on. I got a new boot. Your foot's back on? <laughs> well, it never was off, but I got a boot. But anyway, we're excited to be here every Saturday, 1 o'clock, here on Talk Radio 1210. If you want to ask us a question about mortgages, residential, commercial, we have a special guest today. Give us a call. My number is 267-266-5501. What's your number, Deanne? My number is 609-605-7153. And we're here every week to keep you informed on the real estate market since no one, no one in the media is even talking about it and it's booming. So if you can help in any way, give us a call and you can listen to this show and past shows at our website, goodnewsandrealestate.com and also at WPHT's website. So what's coming up today, Deanne? Coming up on today's show, Mark, we have the market report. Yes. We also are giving Dr. A a vacation day, so he will not be with us today. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll throw some comments in about that. Oh, I'm sure you will. We also have your funny story. Yeah, I got a different one today. Okay. We also have our mortgage mom topic. Which is what? Multifamily dwellings and their benefits. That's a good one. You're going to love it. It's going to be right up your alley. And Mark, we are honored today. We have a guest segment with Margot McDonald from 1031 Corp. And she's here to explain the 1031 and its uses and benefits. Great topic. That's going to be a great topic as well. Yep. We also have our questions. Question number one, is it illegal for a bank to sell a loan to another entity without the borrower's approval? That's a good one. Next question is, I'm buying a house that is being sold by owner. Where do we go to make the contract and transfer the title? We get that one in all different shapes and forms, that question. <laughs> There's a drive through on Gerard Avenue. No. All right. <laughs> Down at number front three. Gerard. <laughs> Number three, we want to sell our homes ourselves to save money. Do many people purchase homes this way? If not, then why? Oh, I know you have right. an answer for that one. I do. I actually got the stats on that one. I know you do. And Mark, next question is, what can you do after buying a home and the city found unpermitted things that were done? Who is liable or what can be done? We had one similar like that in the last couple of weeks, I think. 
All right, and Mark, our topic of the day is part two, and that's the looming eviction tsunami may never arrive, and that's the good news. Right. I started this last week, and I made a point of where we stopped because they keep bringing this up on the media with the doom and gloom, and I'm telling you it's not going to happen. All right, I'm holding you to that. I know. All right, but first, give us your motivational quote. And the motivational quote is, thoughts lead to purpose. Purpose leads to actions. Actions form habits. Habits decide character, and character fixes our destiny. Destiny, I say. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be a long show, folks. Just hold on. (laughs) That's where we at. Mark, we are up to the market report. And there is the bell. So increasing, this is interesting, an increasing number of U.S. home buyers are turning to condos after getting priced out of the market for single-family homes, according to a new report out. In June, the typical condo sold above the asking price for the first time in about nine years. That's an interesting number. A typical condo flew off the market to the tune of 304000 which was 0.7% above its asking price, according to the brokerage. This means the condo was listed for 301872 Renewed home buyer interest in condo initially began in May following the pandemic-fueled slump. <laughs> Earlier in the pandemic... Many buyers shun small condos in favor of large detached homes with spaces for office and homeschooling. And we talked all about that. Right, right. And apartment building advertisers for rent, like in uh, New York, uh, things are just happening so fast. Not only are the buyers who have been priced out of market for single family homes, but they're also realizing the extra space isn't as necessary now that increasing number of offices and schools are opening up again. We shall see about that since they're trying to play up the doom and gloom again. Additionally, homeowners are also becoming drawn to the benefits of shared amenities like gyms and pools. As a result, nearly 42% of condos sold above asking price in June, according to Redfin. And that's a significant increase from 18.6% in the same period a year ago and 20.2% in 2019. So all of a sudden, condos are back in favor, apparently. Not only are condos selling above asking asking price for the first time in years, but they're also selling at a record pace, about 22 days on a market. Comparatively, condos sat on the market roughly for 43 days in 2020 and 36 days in 2019. Uh, Redfin noted that the, 2019, the 2019 figures are better comparison due to the fact that it was before the virus impacted the market. And, good. No, I, I haven't done that many condos. condos. That's, um, I'm, I'm really surprised at those figures, honestly. Yeah. Well, this is nationwide, too. So, you know. And then the last part of the report, 34%. A third of the homes are equity-rich. 34% of residential properties in the U.S. with a mortgage were considered equity-rich in the second quarter, which means the combined estimated amount of the loan secured by the property was at least 50% of its estimated market value, according to a 
uh, new report from uh, Data Solutions, a number that continues to grow, increasing from 31.2% in the first quarter and 27.5% in the second quarter of 2020. That's a huge home price jumps over the past year that helped millions of sellers get more into profit. That's right, Mark. So We got to wrap it up real quick. 30-year... Tell us the rates. Conventional rate, 2.875. Your 30-year VA is 2.5%. Your 15-year is 2.375. And your FHA is 2.75%. It's not too late to refi. And they're all down from last week, correct? Correct. All right. So that was a fast report. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. All positive all the time. We'll be right back. On behalf of the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, we hope you're enjoying Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland. The Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Hi, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive all the time. So where are we at, Deanne? Mark, we are up to your funny story. So I got something different for you. So this is why, as a real estate agent, you never want to go to court. You always want to figure a way out, though, avoid court. So this clerk is swearing in a real realtor in a court as a witness. And the realtor's all nervous. He don't want to go to court at all. He walks up, takes the stand. The clerk walks up to him, tells him, raise his right hand and swear in the witness. So the clerk, the clerk says, please repeat after me. I swear by Almighty God. And the realtor says, I swear by Almighty God. The clerk says that the evidence that I give, and the realtor says, that's right. Now he goes, no, no, repeat it. And the realtor says, repeat it. The clerk goes, no, repeat what I said. He goes, what you said when? (laughs) The clerk says, that the evidence that I give. And the realtor goes, that the evidence that I give. And the clerk says, shall be the truth and? And the realtor says, it will and nothing but the truth. No. The clerk says, just repeat after me. Shall be the truth and. And the realtor looks at him because, listen, I'm not a scholar. I'm a realtor, you know. (laughs) The clerk goes, all right, we appreciate that. Just repeat after me. Shall be the truth and. And the realtor says, shall be the truth and. And the clerk says, nothing. And the witness just, like, remains silent. And the clerk says, no, you don't say nothing. You say nothing but the truth. And the realtor goes, yes. Well, the clerk goes, well, do so. He goes, wait a minute, you're confusing me. The clerk said, just say nothing but the truth. And the realtor goes, okay, I understand. He, she goes, well, then say it. And the realtor says, what? Nothing but the truth. <laughs> and the realtor says, I will say nothing but the truth. The clerk says, please, just repeat these four words. Nothing but the truth. And the realtor says, what? You mean like now? She goes, now, please just say those four words. He goes, nothing but the truth. And the clerk goes, thank you. And that was only the beginning of the case. So stay out of court at all costs. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) If you have a funny story you'd like to hear, send it to 8029 at Comcast.net or give us a call at 267-266-5501. And now it is time for the Mortgage Mom segment with the Ann Katsaris from Green Tree Mortgage. And our topic is multifamily dwellings and their benefits. 
So, Mark, you know that this is always a great topic for me, um, just because when you have first-time home buyers, people that are looking um, to purchase that maybe don't have any children yet, and this isn't going to be their forever home. I I love the multifamily dwelling, and me too. the multifamily originations are expected to set a new record in 2021. So. This is bulked up its forecast for commercial and multifamily originations and now expects a 31% year-after-year rise in volume. So they're expected to rise to $409 billion, and that's a 13% year-after-year increase and a new record topping last year at $360 billion in multifamily dwellings. And this category includes some loans made by small and mid-sized banks. But but basically, the great thing about a multifamily dwelling is, and a multifamily dwelling, we're talking one to four units. Right. So it's basically a duplex, a triplex, or they also call it a quad, right, which is a fourplex. Right. Anything under four is considered a residential loan. Anything over four is considered a commercial loan. Right. And then they have things like mixed use, um, where you might have two restaurants or let's just say two commercial offices or businesses on the bottom, and then they'll have two apartments on top. So as long as 51% is residential living space, we can still do what's called an FHA loan. Right. So somebody can buy a four-unit property with 3.5% down, and have the seller still pay for the closing costs. And probably make money on their first month. That's a given. So 3.5% down, let's just say it's a $400,000 purchase. We're putting 3.5% down, it's four units. You have to live in one of the units. You have to right. own or occupy it. So you're buying this as a primary residence. Right. Now the key is the other three units we get to use 75% of the rental income to help qualify our buyer. So let's just say I'm renting out that unit for $1,000 a pop. We get to use $750 on each of those three units to help qualify me. Where is this, in Utah? $750? Well, I'm just doing easy math. <laughs> All right. I'm just doing easy math. Let you know. Generally, the rent's anywhere from fifteen to two thousand dollars. Fifteen hundred for a one bedroom in Philly. Right. So, and we're using seventy five percent of that, which right. is insane. Now, again, we said this is somebody that necessarily doesn't have a family, or maybe they want the kids to live in the other side, and yes. the parents live in another side. That works as well. But the great thing about this, let's just say a year from now. We decide that now we want to get a single-family residence. I have somebody doing it right now. We sold them um, a duplex. They've rented it out. It's going amazing. Now he has a girlfriend. Now they have a baby, and they want to get a single-family property. Right. So not when he moves out, now we're using both incomes to qualify him for his new single-family purchase. All right. It's, so, I tell all the students, if anybody in here is thinking about buying, buying a do, buy a two-by-two two first. Right. Live in one for a couple of years, and you'll live for free, basically, and then buy a house, and then you'll have, like in my neighborhood, a two-bedroom, you're going to pay fourteen to 1600 a month. So, you know, you're talking three grand a month. 
And with the way that with the way that the property values are, we could refinance that duplex out of the FHA loan because you can only have one FHA loan at a time. Right. So we could refinance that property into a conventional loan, probably get rid of the mortgage insurance, and now they can go buy that single family residence with an FHA loan again with three and a half percent down. Yeah, and they might have enough money coming out of that last property that pays their new mortgage. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's definitely a cash flow. So you're, you're building wealth, you have your investment properties, and you can continue to buy a duplex or, or a three That's right. unit. And it, it doesn't have, you don't have to go to a single family residence. America now, is a great country. They're not doing this stuff in China. <laughs> all right so if anyone has any questions that would throw skip, you off huh yeah i'm just skipping right over that if anybody has any questions feel free to give me a call at 609-605-7153 and don't forget to check out the new website at mortgagemom.net it is pretty nice thanks wow that's good coming from you i actually checked it out I even nice. sent you a couple suggestions. You did, and I forwarded them. Thank you. All right. So we're up to our question and answer. And Mark, our first question is, is, is it illegal for a bank to sell a loan to another entity without the borrower's approval? Yeah, now, like, this would be like uh, a mortgage company selling a note to somebody else. They can do that. Would there be any other situation where it wouldn't be legal? I can't. I can't foresee, well, they're asking without the borrower's approval. Now, when you go to closing and you sign the documents, there's a servicing transfer document that you're signing, letting the borrower know that this loan will be transferred. I mean, that's how the banks make their money. So it might not just be transferred once. It could be transferred a couple times. My first, uh, my well, the convent I got was sold three times. Did God yeah. pick up the bill on the last no, one? Unfortunately okay. not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, question number two. I'm buying a house that is being sold by owner. Where do we go to make the contract and transfer the title? We get this one in, in all different forms. I mean, the best advice that we can give to make this short and sweet is hire a professional. Hi, a, a call a realtor. They're not going to charge you a ton of money to give you advice. They'll hook you up with a title company that can handle the whole thing. You don't want to be going to Staples or online and downloading an agreement of sale that half of the agents don't never read the whole damn thing, and and they're not lawyers. So you and don't you don't need a lawyer. You do not and, need a lawyer. Not, and some lawyers are going to charge you buku bucks to take care of this for you. Right. And a title company could do this very simply for you if they so call a realtor friend. Get some advice, direction, and you can save a lot of money, and it'll be a pretty simple process. What's the next one? The next question is, we want to sell our home ourselves to save money. Of mm. course. Do many people purchase homes this way? If not, then why? I'm going yeah, to let they, you do this one. Well, people do. You know, for sale by owners, FISBOs, you know, everybody tries it. A lot, the numbers are 97% of FISBOs end up listing because... The people well, don't know how to market. Like they put they put the seven ninety five sign on the lawn. In this market, they could get lucky and have agents knocking on the door because the inventory is so low, and some agent will help them take care of it. But they're they're going to want to get paid. So yes, 
But right now in this market, I'm not seeing that money for sale by owners. I mean, it's the market's so hot. You're going to net more. Statistically, 97% of for sale by owners list, end up listing. Out of the 3% that sell, half of them do not settle. They never get to the table. They either blow up during a home inspection or whatever. And the ones that do settle, statistically, you will net more if you hire a real estate agent than if you don't. And the bottom line is the net. So try to get that 6%. You're, with the way the prices are right now, don't worry about that 6%. You're going to get offers way above. Way above. And, and, exactly and right. Especially how are you picking your price? Like they don't even know where to start. That's the problem. They don't have access to the information of what their home is really worth. Like that one last week, we had that question, is it a two-bedroom or three-bedroom because they turned the garage into a bedroom? Like, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, they don't know. They don't have a real estate license. They don't understand the law. So hire a professional. What's the next one? The next question is, what can you do after buying a home and the city finds unpermitted things that were done? Who is liable and what can that be done? That's exactly what that thing was about last that's week. That's what we talked about last yeah, week. Yeah, right? I mean, I mean, you know, if if this is a township, like the city, Philadelphia doesn't do it that much. You just order what's called a use and occupancy. And if there's no violations, like the grass wasn't cut or whatever, you got to go cut the grass and an inspector's got to come back. But in townships, certain townships, they send an inspector. And then if they go in and they find upgrades or somebody added a Florida room or whatever or decks and they didn't do permits then there's a liability issue there and, and it could be after the fact or it could be before the fact and now the seller has to jump through hoops and get permits before they can get this thing done right so you got to be careful with this it's according to what township you're in some of them are tough and it's all about money it's all about money What's the last? What's the All next right, one? I think we have quite uh, time for one more question. Who pays the commission on a commercial business for sale or rent? Well, usually, this is negotiable. Now, if you're selling a business that doesn't involve bricks, like say you're a, you're buying a restaurant business, and you you figure out the prices, businesses are worth thirty percent of the gross, two to three years of the net on their on their taxes provable income that's what the business is worth the commission could be paid by the buyer to the agent and to the uh, lawyer that's involved or the seller and the buyer could split it it's or the seller pays commission to the uh, a selling agent it's according everything's negotiable in commercial so you know if it's a couple million dollar business it's all going to be negotiable. All right. Great questions. Great questions. All right. Next is coming up is our guest segment with Margot McDonald from 1031 Corp to explain the 1031 exchange and its uses and benefits. Very good. All right. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive all the time. We'll be right back. Deanne and Mark are halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. When the show returns, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley. 
All right, welcome back to Good News and Real Estate here on 1210 WPHD, all positive, all the time. So we're at the end. Mark, we are up to our guest segment, and today we have Margot McDonald from 1031 Corp, and she's here to explain the 1031 exchange, its uses and benefits. So welcome, Margot. Margo. How are you? Oh, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Long time no say. I know. This is great. And turn thirty one's exchange, it's it's it comes up. We get questions about it. So why don't you tell us first, what is a ten thirty one exchange? Sure, I'm happy to. A ten thirty one exchange actually gets its name from section ten thirty one of the Internal Revenue Code. And it allows the seller of any type of business use or investment property to defer the gain as long as they buy another business use or investment property. And there's isn't there some time frames that have to take place? Sure. There are a couple of time frames. Everything starts the day that someone transfers title of their property to their buyer. From that point in time, they have 45 days to identify replacement property they're interested in acquiring and running at the same time based on business days. I'm sorry, based on calendar days, not business days. They have 180 days to wrap up the exchange by buying everything that it is they want to buy. In order for them to defer all the gain, they do have to buy something of equal or greater value and reinvest all of the net equity. But if they buy something that's a little less expensive or put a little less cash into it, they just pay tax on the difference. What is the capital gains rate right now? The rate, the highest capital gain tax rate currently is 20%. So 15%, I think, takes you up to 400,000 or for twenty thousand for um, for a single taxpayer, I think it's four eighty for a married person. I should have had that number in front of me. But um, that's all right. But so it varies. Po- you know, it goes up a little bit every year. So the whole point of this thing is, if you end up buying an investment piece, and now you're selling it, and rather than have to pay that twenty percent gain taxes at that point, as long as you find another property within forty five days, identify it. You Correct. have then 180 days to close it. That is absolutely correct. And the best advice I would give somebody right now, I know you're, you've been talking about it on your show, it's a hot real estate market. So my, I always suggest trying to get something under contract in those first 45 days. When you identify it, you'll have peace of mind that it's under contract and you know you're able to acquire that property. The regs don't require that you have something under contract, but with this current market, it's best to start looking for that replacement property as soon as your property is on the market for sale so that you can line up that replacement property, go to closing, sell your old one, and then take title to the new one. All right, so now I buy a property, I sold it. I did a 1031 exchange. I identify a new property. I get that under contract. I settle that within 180 days. Can I now do another 1031 exchange? Sure, there's no limit to the number of time you can complete a 1031. So if you had three investment properties and you wanted to exchange all of them for three different investment properties that year, you certainly can. Plus you have the flexibility to sell two of your properties to buy one or sell one and buy 10 if that's what you want to do. Now, does there come a point where I'm gonna have to pay the gain? The gain is deferred as long as you own that replacement property. If somewhere down the road, you decide to sell that replacement property, you have a choice to make at that point. 
you can sell and pay the tax or you can exchange again into another property and defer the gain even longer. I've been telling people and we've been talking about it on the radio show uh, Biden's uh, in HR one. He's talking about a thirty nine point six percent capital gains tax. So I'm telling people, man, they should like really start making moves before if that passes. Right. I'm hoping that doesn't pass. But if right. that, that's a lot of money. It sure is. And I think it's important to note that 1031 not only defers the capital gains, but also your depreciation recapture. So if you have that investment property and you've taken depreciation over the years, usually when you sell, you have to recapture the depreciation at 25%. As long as you buy another property that's of equal or greater value, you can you can defer that depreciation recapture as well. So the only thing that you would have to pay is Pennsylvania income tax if you're a PA resident or selling a property in Pennsylvania. If you're in New Jersey or Delaware or any other states that can hear your voice on Saturdays, there is no, um, they can defer the state gain as well as the federal gain. Where Pennsylvania is the only oddball state that doesn't really? let us do that. Yes. That's surprising. I think I figured Jersey would be only no, even worse. No, not at all. <laughs> Pennsylvania is the oddball. <laughs> really? Murphy on the loose. We should keep this quiet. <laughs> But, you know, uh, a lot of investors, they, they don't know about this. Like, I, I hear people that buy, and I saw some statistics about uh, investors, and like 90% of them are the small investors. They own two, three properties. And a lot of them probably don't even know about this program. You would be surprised. The assumption is that the majority of 1031 exchanges are big commercial properties, but across the nation, not just with my company, but with all 1031 companies, probably 60 to 70% of all 1031 transactions are single family rental property. And it's a mom and pop selling for under half a million dollars. And that's the majority of investors uh, in the nation. It's yes. everybody thinks it's the big companies, but like 90% are the mom and pops. They Correct. buy the one or two rental properties and then they buy another one. And then they think about selling that one or whatever. And that's when they don't want to pay that capital gains tax and they look for that 1031 exchange program. That's exactly right. Anything else that the average investor should know? Well, just to go back to what types of property qualify, any kind of property held for business use or investment will qualify. The specific type of property doesn't matter. It's really its use that determines whether or not it works. And there's a misconception that you have to buy the same type of property that you sold. For example, we talked about multifamily housing a few minutes ago. If you sell that quad, you can buy three townhou townhouses. Or if you bought that single family and started with that, then you could exchange that single family into an office building if you wanted to make the move into commercial. And because it's part of a federal tax code, you can buy and sell anywhere in the US. So you have a lot of flexibility. It could be a future um, retirement home that you want to buy in Florida, use as a rental for two, five years until you're ready to retire, and then move to Florida, move into it. It could be um, maybe you have a property in the city and you have spent a lot of time in the last year working from home and you're thinking, hey, you know what? I think having something at the shore or a resort area may actually be, be a better investment not necessarily for me to, to be there because I can't use it for personal use, 
for the first two years, but I could rent it to somebody who is working remotely and would like to have a view in the morning. That's a good idea. And I know so I know somebody that started out buying like uh, row houses in Kensington for like ten grand a pop years ago in the mm-hmm. Harrogate area, and then he used all those properties, sold them, did a ten thirty one exchange. He probably did it with you because I think you're the only person I ever went to. And then he bought a twenty five unit building, and then he bought a fifty unit building, and it all started by making a few of them small purchases. And Mark, and, we see that quite a bit at ten thirty one. Is, is a great tax strategy, but when you understand it a little bit more, you can think about how to use it as a stepping stone to get to those big real estate investment goals you have. Yeah, he started out with those houses, and the last thing we were looking at was four nine million. Wow, that's you know? great. Yeah, you know. The power of 1031 exchanges. Yeah, I hope they don't <laughs> mess around with it. I was getting worried because I was seeing that they were, I somebody on one of the news channels said they were thinking about eliminating the 1031 exchange. And I was thinking, why would you do that? <laughs> well, believe it or not, this year marks the 100th year that 1031 or like-kind exchanges have been in the tax code. And it survived all these different tax reforms over the years because it works. It was always designed to encourage reinvestment and that helps the economy grow. And Biden has talked about putting a cap on 1031, meaning that an individual could only defer up to $500,000 of gain in a 1031 exchange per year. For a married couple, that would be a million dollars per year. That was a proposal in his fiscal year 2022 budget. But keep in mind that um, it has to be put in a bill. Um, Yeah, it hasn't passed yet. Right, and it hasn't passed. and, And... we earlier you talked about the gloom and doom, but most people have written off 1031, even though it's not in a bill or any changes are, are in any bill. And if you remember, 12 years ago, President Obama had proposed uh, a cap of 1031 three years in a row in his fiscal year budgets. So why, don't why write would off they, 1031. Why would they do that? Why would they want to <laughs> cap that? What's well, the motivation? You know, there? Mark, there's some misconceptions out there that real estate developers and big real estate investors use 1031 to um, to get rich. And the bottom line is if you're a real estate developer and you're building properties and you're selling them off, 1031 doesn't apply to you. It right. doesn't apply to dealers and developers. So unless you're buying or buying and holding property, 1031 doesn't work for you. But because there's some misconceptions out there, people are all over it and think that big real estate investors sell properties, use 1031s to avoid paying taxes. When used correctly, um, that's not the case. That's the same with uh, the myth. Like in our real estate, we have a couple myths. The 20% down myth that you got to have like a 700 credit score myth. And the other one is corporations don't pay taxes. My, my businesses are all LLCs because if you're a corporation, you get taxed twice. You you get right. paid on your corporate, your corporate profit and then your personal profit. And that's another misconception. And, and when they introduce these bills that are 1,700 pages long and they got four days to read them, you know, most of these uh, uh, rocket scientists that are in Congress probably don't even know what a 1031 exchange is. 
No, you're right. <laughs> and, and I would, in closing, I would just say 1031 is a great way to build a real estate portfolio with pre-tax dollars. Really? So, Margot, that was a great. So we got to have that you was, back on and get into more detail. So that was a lot of great advice. Thank you. That was Margo. a lot of great advice oh, for anybody welcome. thinking about start becoming an investor. Like that's how you that's how you go from buying the one row to the two row to the twenty five to the fifty to the hundred unit building. Margot, tell everybody how to get a hold of you. You can call me at 610-792-4880 or visit ten thirty one corp dot com. All right, very good. Thanks thank a you, lot, Margo. Margo. Good to see you thank again. Thank you. All right, thank you. All right, All right. coming coming up next is our topic of the day: the looming eviction tsunami may never arrive, and that's the good news, part two. That's right. So, with that, thank Margo. All, all you investors out there, call her up. That was great advice. With that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive, all the time. We'll be right back. Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland is proudly being provided by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more in a moment, but first, a message from one of our home team partners, Green Tree Mortgage. How much do you qualify for? Ask Deanne now at MortgageMom.net. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on 1210 WPHT, all positive all the time. So are we at the end? Mark, we are up to our topic of the day. The looming evictions tsunami may never arrive. And that's the good news, part two. Right. And I got into it, and I got, I got so much information on I'm just going to cut to the chase. The what chase do you do with is, all that info in your head? It just swirls around. <laughs> <laughs> Comes out in songs. <laughs> Beginnings, middles, and dramatic endings. Anyway. This whole thing, and I'm getting so sick of watching TV and talking about all these evictions and all these people are going to be on the street and all the forbearance uh, agreements and all this. And and then I said last week that they were basing it all on one report from FHA on a sample of 75,000 people. And there was three other major studies done. And the bottom line on this, they were saying that with, there was like 12 to 14 percent of the renters in the con- uh, country could be facing eviction. And in reality, the number is probably closer to four or five percent, which was almost a normal market. That's like the for- uh, foreclosure rate in the United States. The foreclosure average foreclosure rate is three to four percent historically. In the worst market in history, when everybody in the country was going into foreclosure, and MSNBC and CNN and all this were dooming and glooming and talking about real estate every day, the foreclosure rate was 5.1%, not 60 70%. I asked the students this week, I asked some of them say 80%, 90%, 70%. I told them 5%. They were like, no way. I was like, yeah, it's the media. And the same thing is happening with this. In actuality, it is probably down around 3 to 4 to 5%, somewhere in there. And it's getting lower every week. In fact, most of the renters that were behind were only behind two payments. And the same with the people that were in forbearance agreements. Most of them were only behind two payments. And they got into agreements and they started catching up. 
and and when they and they keep extending this thing just to play the doom and gloom and we are the only show in the fifth largest media market called good news in real estate that actually talks about the positive things that are going on the reason you don't hear about this every day is because it's all good news there is no pending bubble coming there's not going to be tons of people unless you know if i what did get invicted i know where i'd go california and i'd pitch a tent on a beach Who would everybody else on the most expensive uh, real estate in the country? <laughs> I'm a little blue tarp and an umbrella, and I'm good. Don't forget but, the guitar. And a guitar. Definitely have to have a guitar. But in reality, I bet you it's 3 to 5%. If that. If that. But the bad part is, the ones that are doing it, and it was one good question I heard a guy say, well, if everybody's getting so much money and doesn't want to work because he's never seen so many for hire signs all over the country, why aren't they paying their rent? Well, you know what? They are paying their rent. It's not 14 or 20% or 25% of the country behind their rent. It's They're admitting, they were saying 12% a couple months ago. It's probably down 3 to 4 or 5%. So it is doom and gloom. You know... Watch the History Channel. <laughs> Watch something else. Listen to our show. Go to our podcast. It's not a call-in show. You'll get a market report in the first 10 minutes. It'll be all good news. Real estate is booming. It's the best time ever to get involved. Be an investor. Hook up with Margo. Do a 1031 exchange. Five years from now, you can you could own 100 Unit building. This is the United States, the best country in the world. How's that for a sum up, Miss Cat Sarah's? Taking a deep breath now. You good? (laughs) I got some of that off my chest, but every time I turn the news on, there they go with the doom and the gloom. All right. If you have any questions, please email them to Mark at eight zero two nine at Comcast.net or give him a call at two six seven two six six. 5501. You can email me, Deanne Katsaris, at Deanne Katsaris at Comcast.net or give me a call at 609 605 7153. And a special thanks to all of our listeners and our sponsors for keeping us on the air. And a special thanks to Margot from 1031 Corp for being our guest today. We hope you tune in every Saturday, 1 o'clock, and go to our website. So, with that, have a great week. I'm Mark Cumberland. I'm Deanne Katsarish, your mortgage mom. You've been listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive. All, positive all, all the, the time. time. Thanks for listening to Good News in Real Estate, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Krause at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded.